I don't know why, but I want to do this in a southern accent. <laughs> I just do, but I won't. Welcome to Romancing the Gemstones, where we talk about the righteous gemstones from HBO. I am one of your hosts, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of Hawaiian Islands. I dry humped her till I came, had the fucking map of Hawaiian Islands all down my slacks. And I'm here with my co-host, Magna Mills, to talk about, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Season three, episode four, it's going down right here. Magna Mills, I've got a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, 1997 Merlot. And it is huge on the nose. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm drinking it. I'm here with you guys. We're righteous as fuck. And uh, Mills, I hope you're ready to introduce yourself, bro. If not, a white slap shall be issued while I chuckle accordingly. Hey, relax, man. That kind of talk makes my a-hole burn. I am Magnum Mills. I, I'm not as cool to have a hot 97 Merlot or something. I just have like a 37 degree Coors Light. Shit is almost frozen. The mountains are very blue. And I hope you're not blue because you're tuned into Romancing the Gemstones. Find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. We're presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. We're glad you didn't forget to tune in. But while you're at it, don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show. We greatly appreciate it. If you had fun, give us that there thumb. I'll say, I'll say that there thumb, sir. See, I stuck in the southern accent. One point, fucking Gryffindor. God damn, daddy. All right, man. This is this just in case those need to know. We're gonna tell you this is a full-on spoiler discussion of this episode title. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword which is kind of a cool title. And we'll also going to discuss the teaser trailer for the next episode when we do our predictions. We'll let you know before we get there, but this is your only warning. So we're going to spoil this shit. So if you haven't seen it yet, get out of here. This is I Have Not Come to Bring Peace But a Sword, Season 3, Episode 4, the 22nd overall episode of Righteous Gemstones, originally aired July 2nd, 2023. Directed by Jody Hill. This is the 11th episode of Gemstones that he has directed. Written by John Carcieri and Danny McBride. This is the fourth written by credit for the duo on Gemstones. Guest stars include Walton Goggins as Baby Billy, Kristen Johnston as Maymay, Lucas Haas as Chuck, Robert Oberst as Carl, Valen Hill as Tiffany, Stephen Dorff as Vance Sipkins, and Steve Zahn as Peter. The short plot synopsis is, while Jesse prepares for his initiation into a prestigious secret society, Judy fends off unwanted detention, and Kelvin handles rumors about Keith. Later, Baby Billy makes an impossible promise. Well, we'll pick it off with something like we used to call Ron's Left. What are we doing with, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Are we romancing it? Is it a one-night stand? Or are we simply swiping left? Simply swiping left sounds like an 80s group, but I get what you're doing there. Romancing one night swipe left. Yep, that's that's Ron's left. Uh, I think I'm probably romancing this one. Could have maybe used a little bit more Baby Billy, but I thought it was interesting from a plot standpoint, and it had a lot of good laughs. So I think I'm uh, romancing this one just like the last one. How about yourself, man? Yeah, dude, I, I'm right there with you. I think they're finally kind of getting their 
get, they got their sea legs underneath them. We're hitting a stride here where we've had two or three episodes that have been really good in a row. This one was right there. I like where the story is. The characters are starting to kind of come into their own. And yeah, it, it the, the dialogue is hysterical. Sometimes you don't even notice it. Like it takes a minute. It's it's very, very funny though. Uh, this is just great writing, great television. It looks good. Character development's on point. I like where the storyline is. I'm romancing it all day, every day. All right, man. I think we probably need to start at the end of this one. What did you think about the cousins appearing to betray the gemstones? Do you think this was kind of the plan all along or did this just kind of come up or what's the deal here? I don't know that it was the plan all along, but I think it was like, it was the plan and then maybe it stopped becoming the plan because they liked it and then they had to do it for, for their papa. Um, but I don't know that it was all along. I think it's kind of been like, a material thing. I think maybe the dad basically was like, Hey, I cast you out because I needed you to fulfill this mission. You didn't see it, but now I'm showing you it. I think that's probably more likely than, than my two favorite freshly shaven, you know, cunt smashing brothers would, would, would muster up. I like the way you phrase that. I think that Peter definitely at this point, I feel like 100% he's the one who called the feds, whether or not they were in on it, I think could be a point of contention. But I think this was his plan, kind of. Maybe it wasn't necessarily to get the, the ammonia nitrate specifically. Maybe it was just to get them in and see what they could get or something like that. But it does seem to be the plan. The one thing I will say is the cousins don't seem like the real, like, blow-up shit kind of. I mean, they like blowing up shit, but they don't seem like violent types, right? You know what I mean? Maybe he tells them they're going to blow up, you know, something that's not going to hurt people or something like that or whatever. But that's a lot of shit to, you know, you can blow up a lot of things there. So... Yeah, and they had, you know, they had the nice little foreshadowing there with earlier in the episode, they're blowing up the gophers and whatnot, but 5,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate is a lot different than, you know, rigging up a little, a little blow up for, for gophers. So they don't seem mean spirited to me. Definitely not Carl. I don't know, man. I think, I think it's a dad all the way kind of, kind of poisoning the well here, so to speak. Yeah, doing a little uh, Olivia Soprano thing. I could get into that. I'm, part of me even wonders whether they're necessarily even ever gophers. Maybe they were just testing the stuff to make sure it was good before they stole it. That uh, was just their cues. You know, it's That's not impossible. Man. You know, I did yeah. like a little bit when they played their, their instruments at the end. I thought that was cool. And, you know, I don't know if they're good enough actors, right? They seem like they did genu- genuinely want to please their mom and everything. So I don't know. That, that felt authentic to me, at least. You know, maybe they're, you know, more Kaiser Soze than I think or something like that. But that felt pretty, pretty genuine. Maybe they're just stuck trying to, you know, please both their parents. Part of me thought for a second, like, is two going up there and strumming a little bluegrass? Um, but I also, they look, right? Did you recognize the one brother with the stash? Like, he looked a little weird, didn't he? Like, he looked different without the beard. It was a little odd. It was an interesting choice to go with just the mustache there. I also like the suits. I couldn't decide if they were more Night at the Roxbury or like P. Diddy and Mace in the Mo Money Mo Problems video. Right. Not quite that shiny, but definitely shining a little bit. But, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. And I love the bit when they actually go in the church. It's a really cool shot by Jody Hill. You see all the, you know, the family come in and the camera follows uh, Chuck, Carl, and May May because they go the wrong way. And it happens a couple, they go this way, oh, not the right way. They go that way, oh, not the right way. And then they get in, the camera kind of circles back around them and then kind of zoom back in and you see the stage and everything like that. I thought that was a, a really cool shot. I like the idea that the gemstones, you know, oh, yeah, come to church. And then once they get in there, they're not even paying attention. They're not like, oh, yeah, come, you know, go this way or something. They just leave them on their own. 
I like that shot too because for a minute, I, I it took me a second to realize like I knew who Carl was. It took me a second to realize who who Chuck was with this suit. He just reminded me of Hugo from Succession. I don't know why. Like trying to like direct traffic behind the scenes and get him out there. I don't know. He just did. It was weird. It took me a minute to uh, to get it. But I, I, you're right. That was a super cool shot. And um, you know, I like I like that whole scene where you know Eli is like, well, they're getting ready for for Sunday service, and you see that whole thing. When I get tired and a little lonely, the world's turned its cold back on me. When I'm about to swear, I ain't got a friend left to my name. Instead of sinking a little lower, I start making Yeah, that's, that's a good one, man. That's a good look. You should keep that no matter what. And obviously, we have to shout out Peter showing up to uh, the Sunday brunch there, right? That whole bit when everyone pulls their guns just in succession, like we're something out of a Tarantino movie, right? And everyone's got their own different kind of gun. BJ's got the little gun. Yes. And then especially <laughs> you got Keith with the finger gun. And then goddamn Kelvin just puts a fork up. Was this Kelvin's funniest moment of the season? I think it was. That was way up there, dude. Another thing against like Adam Devine, like he's from from um uh, Workaholics. Their podcast is super funny. Uh, I I love those dudes. Like it's just him in this role doesn't strike me all the time. His fork strikes when he put up that fork. I literally laughed out loud. I thought that was a great. Moment. It was the perfect mix of tentativeness and confidence. Yeah, I wonder how many takes he did in that one. But just the like he's raising it like he's not sure if he's supposed to do it. But once he raises it, then he's very confident in his fork. And if you've uh, been watching season two of the bear, it's just seeing forks come back around just adds a little bit of a bonus for you there. So uh, yeah, that's everything with the cousins. Like again, they're, they're definitely interesting characters. So I'm excited to find more, you know, more about their backstory next week. 100% Magna Mills. And I gotta, you know, I don't often say I told us so, but I told us so I called it here. BJ knows about Judy and Steven. We saw it unfold. Looked like it was a quasi Dave and Busters. I don't know if you caught that or not, but I was like, dude, are they in Dave and Busters right now? That would be amazing if they were, you know, did they, did you like how they handled this one else? Yeah. I, I like that. They got it over with. They pulled the bandaid off, so to speak. If you were going to have them find out, don't do it at the end of the season or something, you know, let them work their way through it. I guess hearing it first from Steven maybe, you know, made it sound a little worse than it was. I don't know, you know, because he made it sound pretty greasy, but he's also, you know, dry humping. I'm not saying that's not cheating, but it's, it, it is a little bit different, I guess, than, you know what I mean? Like going like all the way, all the way, kind of. It's 100%, dude. You didn't penetrate you dry humped. It's not, Bro. yeah, not great, but I mean, it, it could happen in a strip club or a dance, a very uh, Jamaican dance hall or something. I don't know. Dude, we grew up in the 90s where bumping bump and grind was a damn dance style we were, but nothing wrong with a little bump and grind you grind it on a motherfucker like that was wrong, what you did so for us for me that's not even that's nothing you know that's 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 a regular tuesday dude but i understand how bj would feel love the bit when they were doing the the sip and paint or whatever there yeah fun, fun little bit but i just think judy gets so frustrated she just chucks her phone I love that. <laughs> but dude but dude the funniest part, though, was when BJ gets a dick pic and he's like, no, we can't delete it and block it. Some chick would miss out on this glorious cock. It's so funny, dude. <laughs> and you never doubt he is just totally straight and comfortable with himself. But he's just like, oh, yes. yeah, dude, like this dude, uh, you know, he shouldn't be denied. BJ, like, he's just a very, you know, what you see is what you get, kind of. And I don't dude, mind I that. BJ, even on the tennis court or the pickleball court when he's, like, defending, like, gay people and stuff. Yeah, I love that. Dude, BJ's, like, a friend, dude. Like, BJ, we could be he's friends. He's an ally, dude. Like he's definitely are, an man. ally. He's a good dude, dude. 
on that pickleball court, dude, the boy Steven was kind of nasty, right? He's just smacking yes. people in the head with balls. When did this dude get so good at pickleball? <laughs> like, he was really good, right? I mean, just on demand, hitting dude in the nose, and he's just hitting balls back at people, and it was really good. Dude, impressive. he was Venus Williams. I mean, he, he had power behind his swing, dude. It was nuts. <laughs> he definitely does get, like, just the look, too. It's so perfect with the bad frosted tips and everything, and the belt. It's just, I, I don't know why. It just works so well. I can't stop thinking about the Sugar Ray bit from from like episode one or two, whenever that was, when Jesse's like, you're looking like Sugar Ray. It yeah, so it's end episode funny. one, I think. It's one of those things, once you kind of see it, you can't unsee it, right? Can't unsee it. Uh, and uh, we got some movement on the Keith and Kelvin plot here. You like how they handled this one? You kind of put, you know, Keith under the gun a little bit. I don't like it because I love Keith and I love what he does, but I, I do understand it. And I, I like where the potential is seeing him and Kelvin split up and him go his own way here, I think could be really interesting. I just hope we don't lose Keith as a character. Cause I think he adds something that's really cool to the show. I, you know, you kind of need that, that unique weirdness of Keith. It, it just works in this righteous gemstones world. So I hope we don't lose that. That's my only, that's my only concern. Yeah. These I don't really think we will. No, I don't think so either. I don't even know that we'll go. You know, maybe you go one episode without seeing them or something. Well, obviously we will next week because you're getting the you know the traditional the fifth episode every year that's a flashback episode. So I don't think that's really a, a spoiler in and of itself. I do like that we got the two different parents meetings. First, the one with Keith that goes you know very badly. I'm not sure that that sex shop owner would really call him out in that situation, but it was funny because he was so paranoid about it going into it. You know, he was already worried, and that was like. Literally, you know, you, you showing up to the meeting and actually being naked or something like in your worst nightmares. That was like his worst yeah. nightmare come true, more or less. And then Calvin later has the meeting with the other parents and it goes basically just as badly. But we get to see the glorious food court of the Salvation Center. Or the two, do, you, do you remember what the two restaurants were in there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Walk on Water is just, I mean, just just chef's kiss right there. And uh you had Jason's Steakhouse. That's actually an offshoot of the steakhouse they go to for lunch every week after church. Then you had Fancy Nancy's. That looks like a Chick-fil-A kind of deal. And Wholesome Buns, which is a hot dog place, but they kind of did a weird, like, it, the, the logo didn't look so wholesome. Put it that way. It really didn't. Hey, I'm wondering what the implication was, you know. This is honestly the first time in a minute where Kelvin's got, you know, no Keefe kind of, as his ride or die, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. I, I like it. I think it's just a different kind of spin. They needed to do something. I don't know that the Smut Busters was sustainable for the entire season. So I kind of like that they mix it up a, li a little bit here. Yeah, I definitely like the mix up. Also like the meeting where they basically tell Kelvin like, yo, he's got to go or get transferred to immigration outreach or whatever. That I mean, just uh, him and Judy chasing each other around and everything, and Jesse trying to be the adult in the room for once, and then be like, "No, Jesse, nah, son, I don't like that. I don't like you acting like daddy." The throne room sets a big. Key Anytime addition. they do a scene in there, dude, love the throne room, awesome. dude. And I, I'm yes. calling it the throne room. It has to be the throne room, I think. Okay, so from here on out, it'll be referred to as the throne room and only the throne room. The addition of the throne room is awesome for the show. Like this is it's been. Yeah, I mean, very, last week we had the baby cool. Billy pitch in there. Uh, all the, the carvings behind him and everything. Love so far that room is batting a thousand. Love everything in that room. And also when they kind of have the Keith and Kelvin, I guess you call it the breakup scene. Their outfits are at this point, they've just it's like airplane. 
if you look, he's wearing this weird like zip up throat thing or whatever. And Kelvin's basically got on, I guess it's supposed to be like a Burberry version of one of those Mexican ponchos or something like that. It's it all episode. The outfits just get gradually for the two, a little bit more and more ridiculous. Do you get to that point? And I was just legitimately like, wait, I'm just waiting to see how far they, they were going to push it. I tell like his neck thing. Just look, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see now on keeps like the weird zip up thing. I don't, I don't even know what is it. It doesn't even serve a fight. That's it's just a neck. No, it doesn't connect anything. And it's it not fine. It's anything. not like a BDSM thing or whatever. It's just this weird. Oh, it's so weird. I mean, awesomely weird, but just uh, I, I yes. just I was watching that kind of just like slack jawed a little. I'm I'm missing what else is going on because I'm checking out these fucking outfits. Well, well, dude, Keith's hair alone is wild. So is Calvin's. It's just the, as he gets too, stressed, like, the mohawk gets pointier. I think the more stressed he gets, the pointier the pointier the mohawk gets. I would concur, uh, man. Keep keep dude, Keith and Calvin, man. It's the KK. I shot him there. right away on his moped. Yeah, <laughs> dragging like uh, it's gonna be it basically or something. <laughs> I mean, this is a big decision, buddy. Take your time, pray on it. Mills, we did see Jesse get inducted into the Cape and Pistol Society. We asked for it, we got more Cape and Pistol. That's awesome. Uh, but I don't think it was quite as triumphant as he thought it would be, right? There's no way Jesse Gemstone cannot curse. I do not think it's possible. You know, it makes you wonder if Danny McBride is actually like in real life or something like that. But it just seems like he's just, he's not even considering it, right? They're all trying to tell him. And, and at no point is he ever like, oh, yeah, I will make an effort to uh, tone that back. He's like, nah, tits, fuck that. And just the bit, man, with the, uh, the white slap, just the whole concept of it. And then that afterwards, everybody's just fucking laughing at him. And like, you know, kind of the Simpkins dude is getting it, you know, his little uh, quasi revenge in. That's the one thing I will point out when the Jesse's kind of rubbing that in. Eli gives a look. I think Eli might at least have an inkling that Jesse's the one who had Simpkins, you know, fucking jumped or whatever. Eli, they definitely cut to Eli for a minute when Jesse's talking about it. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Eli just clocked that. 100 percent, dude. And it reminds me of this. Uh, it reminds me of this great episode of the Trailer Park Boys where, where Ricky has to defend himself in the court of law. Look, I can't speak without swearing, and I've only got my grade 10, and I haven't had a cigarette since I've been arrested, and I'm ready to fucking snap. So I'd like to make a request under the People's Freedom of Choices and Voices Act that I be able to smoke and swear in your courtroom. Because if I can't smoke and swear, I'm fucked. And so are all these guys. I won't be able to properly express myself at a court level, and that's bullshit. It's not fair, and if you ask me, I think it's a fucking mistrial. It's basically Jesse, dude. Like, it really is. And I thought this was hilarious, dude. I like the prestige of the secret society. I thought they did it really great. The robe, nice little touch with the gun and the holster as the button that holds the, the cape together. But he he's gonna Jesse gemstone it. And you could see Eli kind of being like, you know, slow down a little bit, son. Slow down a little bit, son. But I really like this. And and you saw kind of the other guy that you kind of forgot that he kicked the shit about that. I forget the family name, but he Simpkins, had yeah. that guy's, you know, his ass kicked there. Um, it's interesting to see that that guy came back and was in uh, in the, in this society. I like this plot line, dude. I think this would be really cool. And shout out to Jesse with his white gun. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon. Pleasure to be a part of the society. Who are you planning to shoot? You shoot nobody? 
was a very uh, stylized choice of firearm. You definitely uh, say that. Just one thing to note is like the head dude and like a lot of the, the older guys, if you look, they have like a dictator level of flair. If you look at their shit, all their little badges and pins and everything, you know what I mean? It's legitimately like you're either working at a TGI Fridays or you're a tin pot dictator if you have that many fucking medals or whatever. I just love that little touch of it. And I mean, Jesse's really kind of like losing control in this episode, right? He can't control his siblings at work. He's got, you know, even this cape and pistol thing isn't going well. And then at home, dude, Pontius is just like, he just like literally doesn't give a fuck about anything except fucking talk about like he's a mini Jesse, right? Like, I love that whole bit. And, you know, uh, Jesse calls him out for trying to be like Pete Davidson. But I think that's bullshit, man. I think he's trying to be Guy Fieri. Like, look at the tips, the outfit he's wearing. Welcome to Flavor Town, Pontus. I love what they're doing here. I really do. I think it's great um, with Pontius. But, dude, you cannot tell me Rick, um, Jesse with his parenting here, calling him out on the Pete Davidson thing. His parenting style is so hilarious, dude. I can't even handle it. I really can't. I don't even know if it's a style. Like, I don't think he has a plan or anything. He just kind of, you know, goes into it. I, I do at least feel for uh, for Pontus a little bit, man, because if I had a dollar for every time I've heard put on your pants and come to my office, I'd be a rich man. Well, I do want to point out that even before we saw him actually bagging, uh, Pontus and uh, his uh, girlfriend there, a lot of BE, heavy BE right there. Heavy BE, smack that ass like like he's been in there before. Yeah, dude, a lot of banging energy, hardcore banging energy. Yeah, pretty sure he's been in there before, dude. His little thing was we were horny, so we fucked. Does not sound like it was his first rodeo. Did you ever imagine telling your parents, like, if they sat you down and they caught you paying and you just told them, like, hey, we were horny, so we fucked. Like, that would be such a crazy thing to tell, like, your dad. Like, I don't know. There was a legit I, minute I, where I wasn't sure if, if you know, <laughs> that Jesse was just, like, going to give him a drink and congratulate him or something. It would have, would it really have surprised you if he did? No. No, not at all. He even says, it, well, oh. like, I was going to be cool about this. And then he gets pissed, like. You know, maybe he was, you know, maybe not necessarily congratulate him, just be like, oh, you gotta make sure you wrap that up, son. Right. You know, that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see no goddamn rubber on that dick. <laughs> I could see Jesse doing that. It would be so funny, dude. <laughs> that would have been a funny bit, like in Jesse's voice. Like I could hear him like calling him out on like not using a condom but doing it like like gangster Jesse version. Like it's just yeah. Or try to trick him like, well, which which brand of condoms are you using, son? <laughs> Yeah. And if he struggles for a minute, ha, I see. See, you're not using any condoms. That's why you don't know what brand you use. The damn sure ain't no Magnum with that little ass dick, Pontius. I can see him already doing that shit, dude. <laughs> uh, Jesse, dude, that's that's the humor of Danny McBride and Jody Hill. Like, that's the type of shit they do that's just so funny. Absolutely. All right, it's time to talk about the uncle we all wish we had, Uncle Baited Billy. Not only does he have this great game show that everybody is sleeping on, he has got amazing hologram technology. What do you think about his kind of, you know, master plan here to pair Jesse up with a holographic Amy Lee? Bro, this blew my mind. I didn't think this was what he was talking about. I didn't think he would. I had an inkling, but I didn't know where he would get the technology. He, it's not like he knows the guy. He had it this fucking 
hotel suite. He set it up like it was damn fucking Back to the Future, connecting shit, and it was waiting for the clock. That's a good hologram right there, too. That ain't no great like, Tupac at Bro, Coachella. This was this was Tupac at Coachella. Good, like this was, it was better than that. Video. I think it was better than that. I think I love this plot line. I love that it's not Baby Billy. I love that he's actually got the technology to throw up Amy Lee on there. And shout out to Danny McBride from an acting standpoint, tearing up, seeing you know his mom basically here. I, th- I, I dude, this scene was very, very, very cool. Oh, that was very cool. I mean, really, again, everything with Baby Billy is gold. When uh, Jesse shows up to talk to Billy down there at Zion's Landing, you see Baby Billy's the wee baby Lionel, and he gives Lionel his own straw to drink out of his drink. Maybe that's why he's not talking yet. Just to just to thought, baby Billy. And you see a sign behind him. Baby Billy's doing 24 shows a day. It's a grind, dude. He could definitely be a game show host if he can grind like that. In the whole bit where Jesse's outside of the uh, Cape and Pistol joint, and baby Billy just comes out of the woods. <laughs> I die. He's just in the bush. He just comes out like Jesse. Jesse. He just comes out. <laughs> I'm here now for you, son. I'm here. Dude, shot, dude, everything about how, baby Billy. How he talks, how he walks, the mannerisms, it is pure gold, dude. Like solid gold. Everything there was just the best. Was, yeah. Baby Billy's the shit, dude. Uh, I love the technology. Every scene we get with him is a win. I may or may not have lost my wardrobe in the firework accident. Can you help me out with some righteous merchandise? I, I think I can here. I mean, I'd like a nice, like, gemstone family lunch joint with all them with their guns out uh, i think that would be cool pretty easy to do like a white slap you get the glove out you know a little white slap action i like the uh the pocket gopher patrol never actually heard of pocket gophers sounds cool we got the cousins like blowing shit up and all the smoke and everything and then you just get some nice corporate swag dude you got jason steakhouse you got fancy nancy's in my absolute favorite i mean uh, chef's kiss to this one walk on water you know that was uh, somebody really was very, very, very proud of that one, and uh, that was a, a fantastic pun right there. Congratulations, that was great work. That was like a, a good place level shit, as far as like background gags. It is time to turn the other cheek. This is where we give alternate titles for the episode. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. It's okay, am I right? It's a bit wordy, probably, but uh, I don't know, man. Maybe we can do better. What do you think here, Mills? I mean, the obvious one is Ice Cream and Wiener Party. Yes! If you, if you saw that one, yes. you would definitely at least uh, kind of be like, all right, I'm uh, I'm interested in this one. Uh, you know, just a fun one is like Pistol Packing Preachers. I just like the alliteration there. You know, you just think of them, obviously, all at the uh, the table there pulling out the guns and everything. I thought that was great. And, you know, the deeper cut, full-on rain puddles. Full-on rain puddles would be a wild one, dude. Um, I also, shout out Judy, if I wanted you, I would have you. I think that would be, it's wordy, but I think it would work. That's more along the lines of what they normally do with the biblical quotes or whatever. You know what I mean? That's Definitely. At least in the universe. Trust is a gift probably is, you know, similar to, uh, to that one too or whatever. And shout out to uh, Souls, Holes, and Folds. Souls, holes, and folds would be great. But, dude, tell me you would not be intrigued by when did you guys get guns? 
like was there a shootout like that that, that would be fun right and i think it would have worked here with the whole brunch i think that could have been cool now it's time to drop a gem on them once again, once again. mills what is your favorite quote from i have not come to bring peace but a sword I have to go with the exchange between Kelvin and Keith, uh, you know, kind of early into the episode here. Did you explain that you bought all this stuff on church business? I tried, but I just couldn't seem to articulate how buying bunches of sex toys was in the best interest of the church. How about yourself, man? <laughs> See, that was a good one, right? Judy at brunch, looking at Carl, dressed in his in his Sunday best, and she just says, Carl's presenting like a straight-up cunt smasher now. <laughs> Carl's presenting like a straight-up cunt smasher now. I mean, in her accent, like, dude, that is so good, dude. That is pure. I've never been called a straight-up cunt smasher. I've never even heard that. I love it, dude. So fun. So funny. In Judy's voice, that's a win. And you know what? Carl looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, I think he could, you know, be that kind of smasher if he really put his mind to it. He, you know, he's damn near a Hulk as it is, right? All right, dude, just for shits and gigs, do your best Judy impression saying that line. I'm just curious. Carl's presenting like straight up cunt smashing now. All right. That's so basically I would female go, horn, I would go, I mean, damn, Carl's presenting like a straight up cunt smasher now. And you got the cunt smasher now. Now. I think the now is key, the now. You got to like... It's uh, like the scene from Private Parts where they're trying to do the, the WNBC joint and fucking gargle or whatever. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, and shout out BJ's line about some lucky gal. Ew, somebody sent me a dick pic. I better text this guy back. Let him know he's got the wrong recipient. No, BJ, just block it. Yeah, but some lucky gal's missing out on that glorious cock shot. The gemstones never hesitate to insult one another. We definitely know that. And there is no line they won't cross. Heaven help you if you've got it in their sights. Oh, man. Jesse's not really having the greatest episode. So it's not surprising that he takes it out of Pontius. You know, you got a really smart-ass mouth for a little boy who didn't get accepted into one single college. How come none of them mouse smarts are in your brain, dickhead? This little Pete Davidson act you got going on does not suit you. Tattoos and a dumbass haircut? It's not original. You're not him. Well, and, you know, he takes on his girlfriend a little bit, too. I do not like his girlfriend. No, she definitely seems like she's a bitch. Okay, and BJ, too. Happened so fast. I didn't have time to shoot him. Why'd he honk my nose? I assume he identified you as the weakest person at this table. And BJ also gets the business from Judy. He's my childhood pet, Rags. Is Rags a, an explosive diarrhea that you name? Hey, Jesse, just a heads up. Maybe let him know. The Cape and Pistol Society might need to tighten up their security protocols. Let me in. Hook me up. This is a secret society you can't just roll up in. It ain't too secret if I heard about it. Billy, you ain't gonna take that shit from Jesse, are you? Boy, I watched you become a man, but don't think I won't bend you over my knee and turn that fat ass red now. Go on back inside your little fucking Mickey Mouse Club in. Goddamn Harry Potter wannabes. And Jesse, you have to admit, Uncle Baby Billy has a point. What you got? 
You got you and two not really stars. Actually, that is kind of the reality. I ain't no kind of about it, Jesse. Eli, any thoughts on your children? Don't mistake love for dependency. I feel like one of them old dogs with swollen nipples you see on a ranch searching for shade. You look like one, too. <laughs> Damn, Eli, what do you got to say to that? You just hard to love sometimes. Steven, anything else before we move on? I hate Christy. Wish I could chop her fucking head off while she's making omelets. Bet money, dude. I think Steven's actually going to kill Christy, or maybe he'll try and she kills him. Something like that, maybe. I feel like that's going to happen. Early prediction. We're going to keep it righteous with our righteous moments. Mills, what's your favorite scene or moment from I Have Not Come to Bring Peace, but a sword? I got to go with baby Billy emerging from the woods to confront Jesse and that kind of the whole little confrontation they have and everything. Loved every bit of that. Thought it was awesome, especially the emergence from the woods. How about yourself? I got to go with the Judy BJ painting scene. I just thought that was so good. It, it just, the sip and paint, dude, she's the coolest. She's the coolest, and, uh, and he knows it. It was just a great scene. I loved everything about that with the dick pics and everything. Absolutely fucking clutch. Now it's time to bust out our jeweler's loop and evaluate the episode. We're going to grade, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword on a scale of 0 to 10 gemstones. Jamie G, drop a grade on him. Man, I'm pretty high on this one. I got to give this a solid 9.2 gemstones. Nice. I think you're keeping it pretty close to where you were on the last episode. I'm just a tick up from the last episode. I believe I'm going with 8.9 gemstones. It's a good one. Enjoyed it. Yeah, baby Billy. What else did he ask for? Except for more baby Billy. It definitely was. It was entertaining and fun. That brings us to our righteous ratings. Mills, please explain how this works. Here's the deal. Every episode, we rate the characters in five categories from one to five, with one being the worst and five being the best. We average the results together to kind of create our own little model here to create a rating and determine who won the episode. The categories are getting shit done, home life, career goals, don't be a fuck up, and the funny factor. They should be pretty self-explanatory. We've got a tie at number five this week. Between Jesse Gemstone and the cousins, Chuck and Carl, uh, we both definitely appreciated the humor of Jesse this episode, and we both thought that Chuck and Carl were getting shit done, whether we liked it or not. You can't really argue. They got shit done. At number four, we have BJ, who's basically thriving everywhere except in his home life, but I feel he got a little bit of a bump up here because at least he knows the situation now. He's not being held in the dark little bit of a surprise, but maybe not too much if you've been paying attention. We've got Amber at number three. Maybe not the funniest, but she seems pretty much the most balanced as far as like her job, her work, her home life, and not fucking up. She's just kind of like just rolling in the deep, doing her Adele thing over there. At number two, and a surprise to me, but it does make sense given the end of the episode, is Peter Montgomery. 
maybe he's been running the long game here. Has not been totally funny, but he's basically doing well in every other category. And I don't think you'll find this one a surprise. We've got our man, Uncle Baby Billy, at number one with a bullet again, with a possible, you know, you could get five possible total points. 5.0 is perfect. Baby Billy's at 4.3. Absolutely killing it everywhere. And it looks like he's even on the come up still. Still rising. It is time to bow our heads and show our faith in the future. We do that by making predictions for the next episode. We're going to be talking about the next time on trailer. If you don't want to hear anything about this, this is your time to bounce. Get out of here. Thank you for checking us out, and we'll see you next week. But for everybody else, it's prediction time. All right. The next episode is Interlude 3. That's going to be the traditional Episode 5 flashback episode. We don't have a release plot synopsis, but after having watched the trailer, I came up with This is going to be another flashback episode, and we're going to find out about the history between the Gemstones and the Montgomerys. In the trailer, we see that the Gemstones pitched a whole Y2K survival thing that they apparently made money on, but obviously Y2K didn't happen. So looks like the episode is going to take place, you know, sometime probably shortly after the, uh, you know, the year 2000 there, the beginning of that year. Uh, we see May May kind of confronting Amy Lee. That's similar to what we saw in the flashback at the beginning of episode one. Jesse's at dinner with a redhead. I'm assuming that's probably a young Amber. So maybe they've been together for longer than we thought as far as, you know, being together when they're pretty young and everything. Uh, get young Judy and Jesse fighting, arguing, always good. And we see that uh, young Chuck and young Carl are there. Uh, one thing we talked about before, I think it's definitely going to happen here. We're going to see Peter get a scar, right? In the, the trailer, we do not see the scar. My guess is by the end of the next episode, he's going to have that scar, right? Well, I cannot wait to see what that scar is from, how he gets it, if that wraps into how one time he bought the gemstones bullshit. We'll find out. I can't wait to see. Right, because it seems a little weird that the gemstones would be selling some kind of prepper Y2K shit, and then he winds up being kind of like a, you know, a, a prepper religious kind of guy. So it would make sense that there is some correlation there. Do you think there's going to be something individual that goes down between like the gemstones and the cousins? Or is it just going to be a thing about like, you know, what their parents were doing and that's why there was beef between them? I think it's just going to be the parents. I don't see something happening with the cousins, but I think the cousins got wrapped up into the weirdness of the dad. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you get that Maymay is, you know, she has the best intentions, but she ain't exactly lovable, right? You know, Eli even pretty much calls her out and basically says that, like, she's hard to fucking love sometimes. So, I don't know. It's hard because they presented the cousins as so kind of good and wholesome that, I don't know, it might throw me off too much if there's really kind of a, you know, a sinister underbelly to them. Yeah. You know, I I almost would like it more if at least there's some reason that they're holding something against the, the gemstones for something, you know, like a young Jesse being an asshole did or something like that, and that's why they did it. You know, just to give them a little more motivation, because then I think if they give them a redemption arc, you know, before the end of the season, it would pay off a little better, maybe. Yeah, right now it would just be kind of it would just be kind of weird and just ill place, kind of, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, any chance we get a uh, baby Billy in the flashback? Probably not. Yeah, probably not, but I would love it if we do. I think we definitely get Amy Lee. Yeah, we see Amy Lee definitely in the trailer, so we are most definitely uh getting her again. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The flashback episodes have always been some of the, the best episodes that the show does. And they do a great job of making John Goodman look just a just a little bit younger, right? 
they they cleaned it up pretty well. I was very impressed with what I saw in the trailer. You know, I think the actors they've cast to play the young version of the characters have always done a good job. It looks like they did, you know, again, another good job casting young Chuck and young Carl. So definitely excited for this one. That's a wrap on this episode of Romancing the Gemstones. Thank you guys for checking us out. We appreciate you being here with us as we watch season three of Goddamn Gemstones. The Righteous Gemstones is a fun show. We're glad to have fun with you doing this. Thank you for being here. Hit us up on our social media or drop a line in the comments if you have any thoughts, anything that you like that we didn't comment on or you hated that we didn't comment on. Let us know if you're romancing it, if you're loving it, or if you're swiping. Keep us up to date with your thoughts and do not forget the flaps. No matter what you do, make sure you follow, like, and please subscribe. Flaps! Mills? Again, you can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Romancing the Gemstones is presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Again, on YouTube, wherever you get your pods. Find us on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Thanks again for checking us out. Remember, if you had fun, give us that thumb. On behalf of myself, Magna Mills, and he's Jamie G. Thank you very much again for checking us out one more time. We'd love to thank you, and we'd love it if you just remember to live your life. Big David Billy's thing. Bye, Felicia.